now proudly presented on SNME. That's Sunday night's main event. Patreon and free feed. Hey guys, what's going on? It's your boy George Mackay back again from MLW Rewind. This is the one shot fallout where we discuss everything that happened from tonight's pay per view. MLW and WTF present one shot. And I'm here with my one and only. Uh, oh, uh, I'm your one and only? Oh, yeah, you're my right. one and only. All right. Uh, what's going on? <laughs> one and only Uncle Bobby B. What's happening? What's happening is MLW one shot was tonight. It was a great two hours of wrestling. Yeah. Should we get into it right off the hop? Let's get into it because it's late. Yeah, it absolutely is very, very late. First match on the card opener, Rocky Romero versus Masca Dorado 2.0 for the CMLL. Historic welterweight championship. championship and the MLW middleweight championship. And this match was a great match to kick off the card. It was electric. It was fire. The pace was absolutely insane. Rocky Romero early on in the match tried to unmask Masca Dorado, which took Dorado a little bit off of his game, but he recovered well. And for a second there, it looked like he was going to steal one from the crown jewel of CMLL. But Rocky Romero prevailed by unmasking Dorado into a small package for the win. Uh, I enjoyed this match. Again, like I said, I thought it was a great way to kick off the beginning of the card. It did not disappoint. And what do you expect from Rocky Romero? When you can't beat him, you swindle a win. And that's exactly what he did. What are your thoughts on that one? Oh, man, what what a great, like you said, great way to kick off the show. There was technicality. There was speed and pace and, and great timing from both of these guys. Just incredible performance. I love me some Lucha Libre. Gets the crowd hyped right off the bat. Uh, like you said, Rocky stealing the win with a, with a I, and also I love a good small package, like small package finish, regardless of how we came out. Uh, great camera work on the demasking that we didn't really see his face. We caught like the side and back when he did demask. Yeah, and perfect on, on Masca Dorado for right away, hands up to face. There might have been a fan or two that could have got like a side profile view of his face, but regardless, uh, he was able to keep his identity well kept, if you will. Yeah. And, and I mean, Rocky taking the win, it was a great match to start things off and it set the tone for the rest of the show, which was amazing. What a what a great pay-per-view. Absolutely. Next match on the card was Miyu Yamashita. Yes. Nails it. Versus the God Queen, Delmi Exo, sporting some new ring gear, a little homage to what we could consider only the Ultimate Warrior and possibly the Young Bucks with yeah, those frills on the end. And the, and the pants, I did dig on the ring gear. And it was for the TJPW Princess of Princess title. And this match was hard hitting. Uh, Miyu did not hold back. She laid into her all kinds. Delmi fought through a lot of pain, a lot of hard strikes. Dealt out a few hard strikes of her own. But the TJPW Princess of Princess champion prevailed with a wicked skull kick that knocked Delmi out in the center of the ring for the one, the two, the three. And uh, yeah, what can I say about this match? But these two ladies were electric. It was not the only woman's match on the card, which was great to see. But this is a great way to keep momentum flowing from that opening contest with Rocky and Masca Dorado. Uh, I enjoyed it. And um, at the end, a little bit of a, a, a show of respect. Delmi, you know, tapping the title, saying you deserve it. And Miyu showing why she's been one of the longest reigning Princess of Princess champions. Oh, yeah. Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling. Uh, Miyu Yamashita is fantastic. And that was a great multiple like more than one women's match on this card more than one really good women's match on this card mm -hmm, uh mm -hmm. these two went if, if, if there was any constructive criticism that i could give 
I thought that Delmi maybe needs to hit a little harder. That, do you think she was holding? I wanted to ask this. Do you think she was holding back? I don't know. You know, if she wants to win these matches, she's got to come with everything she's got. And I think Miu was just hitting harder and her moves just had more impact. Uh, maybe Delmi just didn't have that strength in her tonight. I don't know. But she's got to lay into those strikes like Miu was. And uh, regardless, it was a great match. Uh, Miu's taking the title back home to Tokyo. But nice to see Delmi return. The God Queen has been kind of absent for a little bit, so it was great to have her back in the featherweight division. Absolutely. And then we had uh, the bodybuilding contest by St. Laurent, a rather questionable contest, if I may say so myself. I thought it was rigged beyond compare. St. Laurent and Zadea were the uh, judges, or actually I should say Zadea was Zeta? the judge. Zeta? Zeta? Yeah. Zeta, sorry, Zeta. Zeta was, I don't know why I said Zadea. I guess I was thinking about Spider-Man. Uh, Zeta was the judge. Uh, first to come out was Midas Black, one half of the main event. Uh, he put on a decent showing, but uh, in a bodybuilding contest, definitely needs more definition, as St. Laurent pointed out. Then Mr. Thomas from the Vumaye Fight Club, surprisingly oh, enough, came out and actually snatched the mic from St. Laurent's hand to pretty much say, why are you judging a bodybuilding contest, which is factual information? Uh, Thomas came out. He did his thing. Uh, Zeta said it sucked. Quote, unquote, it sucked. And then last but not least was the WTF newest member, Alex Hammerstone. He came out, did his poses, to which he automatically won, snatched the mic, uh, went on a rant about how he's the best champion. Alex Kane's a bitch, yada, yada, yada. Then Jacob, then he called out Jacob Fatu, which is not something you want to do. Jacob Fatu is like Candyman. Say his name enough and he shall appear. And he did. And boy, did he handle Alex Hammerstone. Did he handle St. Laurent? He threw St. Laurent clear over the top. It was pretty impressive to see him get that man up. And then he snatched the trophy, a rather cheap, questionable dollar store trophy from Alex Hammerstone, smashed it in the middle of the ring so hard that it rolled out three times and still landed upright. It was perfect. It was absolutely, you couldn't have planned to throw better than that. But Fatu and Hammerstone, the battle rages on. So uh, it'd be interesting to see where this feud goes as we lead into 2024. But I know you're uh, you're a St. Laurent Mark, so I got to ask you this. What did you think about the, uh, the was this a legitimate bodybuilding? Car? Come on, man. Come on. Not in the traditional sense. And I expected there'd be a little bit of something different here, but I mean, uh, if you're going, just being honest, if you're going purely off the, the the physique and the form, I mean, Mr. Thomas is a big man, but Hammerstone's got the definition, oh, the God. symmetry. I'm, I'm just being honest. Like I'm not. Like, and he also not, is the only portion. the only true bodybuilder in the contest. But but like bodybuilding, there's an art to it. Like you have to build your muscles proportionately. I get like, it. Oh, if you increase this one by half inch, you got. I'm not it. knocking the the right? the. So the... I, I think legitimately, objectively, Hammerstone really was the best physique there. I'm not just saying this because because <laughs> you're a state Laurent Mark, the most comfortable and legitimate promoter in pro wrestling. Legitimate, my ass. Uh, but you know what? We do have to jump back because we we. Skipped, I did. I skipped one. Yes, skipped you're right. Over. I skipped over arguably what was my favorite or second favorite match on this card: Tom Lawler going at uh, Satoshi Kojima. The Kojima after 31, 32 years. Uh, I believe it was 21 years. I think it was 32. No, the MLW has only been around for 23 years. Oh now. yeah, you know what? Why? I don't know why you jumped ahead. You jumped ahead about 10 years. Story of my life. Story of your life. Uh, a whole decade somehow was added on 
to uh Kojima's run. Like they yeah. the shit out of each other, chops, strikes. Oh, so good. It, so it, good. It so enjoyable. And of course, uh again, kudos to MLW on the, the production for this one. Everything from the streamers to the bread to, to everything, you know, we got showered with bread. At oh the my end. god, so many bread. No, not even just oh my god, many bread. Many bread, that's anyway, right. That's I love right. you guys and I love bread. And I and thank you for welcoming me back to MLW after such such a year. And he ate quite a few slices, but you did point out something. I did. You did point out something with the bread. Even in throwing the slices of bread in the ring, people not liking what did you call the it? Bread the bread heel. The bread heel. The heel. Yeah, you never yeah. like bread heels in Greece. Like the end of the bread, right? You're yeah, talking about the beginning and the, the end the of the bread, bread. heel. Hmm. So even even when people were were throwing bread into the ring, they were throwing regular bread. It's like, oh, the bread heel. I gotta squish this one up before I huck it. Yeah, it, it, well, but it doesn't really have the uh, the the density. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not dense enough to make it into the, the ring. The bread heel's a crapshoot. You can get a thin one. You can get a thick one. It's you never know what the deal. Well, it depends on how proportionally sliced the bread is. I mean, you're gonna get left. Something's gonna get extra See, either the beginning. Symmetry. Yeah, is yeah. Body Aerodynamics as well. You have to have bread, the... bodybuilding. These things are. Oh my god. But anyways, Tom Lawler and Kojima killed it. They killed each other. Both men's chests were obliterated red, blood vessels, all kinds. And uh, Tom Lawler showing why, to quote Danny Limelight, whose episode you will see next week on Straight Talk Wrestling, returning Danny Limelight, Tom Lawler is a gift to professional wrestling. Professional wrestling does not deserve Tom Lawler, quote unquote, from Danny Limelight. And he's absolutely right. Tom Lawler... Uh, showed why he is a leader in that locker room. And he, him and Kojima went out there, two vets, killed each other for these fans in New York. And New York got an early Christmas gift, care of Mr. St. Laurent tonight in one shot, because that match was, there's not, that that is legitimately a 10-star match. And fuck Dave Meltzer, because I said it first a long time ago. So, 10-star match, all kinds. Yeah. All right, next match in the card, I believe, was the Kick Demon. Nope. It was Ricky Shane Page. You're right. My Jimmy apologies. Hulk. It's been a long night, guys. So the card is a little bit all over long the place. Day, long week, long night. It's long week, to say the least. And... Uh, yeah, Jimmy Lloyd and Ricky Shane Page for the openweight title. And off the bat, Akira, disguised as one of the gas mask goons, jumped Ricky Shane Page and actually uh, got a couple shots in before trying to take a bite, literally, out of Ricky Shane Page's forehead. He was finally escorted away by MLW security, and the match was able to continue. And Jimmy Lloyd and Ricky Shane Page killed each other. They went all out and then some. And these two guys, two guys who were built their sizes, were throwing out all kinds of spin kicks, heel tornado kicks, kicks, tornado kicks. It was insane. It was wild. And they obviously did what they do best, and they brought some weapons into the ring. Ricky was able to get one, squeak it out just barely on Jimmy Lloyd. I will give Ricky credit. That swanton looked a little dangerous, but he was able to snap it back and pull off the maneuver quite successfully. So kudos on Ricky Champagne, because I don't think a lot of people recognize his agility like, too, too well. He's such a big dude. Like, you, you, I say it all the time, though. I'm repeating myself. But, like, you forget how he repeats himself a lot. until you see him in person, and you're like, man, you're a big dude. And, like, for him to throw a swanton, I thought, I, I thought his head was going to hit the ground, and he just flipped at that last second it looked great uh you know this match was was what i expect from these two guys they beat the shit out of each other and it was enjoyable ricky retains 
And that was that. That was that. But you know what? I'm surprised that Ricky retained with the interference of Akira in the early going. I thought Jimmy Lloyd may have a leg up, but I don't think we're going to see the last of Jimmy Lloyd versus Ricky Champagne. I think we need one more, maybe January 6th, Kings of Coliseum, which is MLW's first event of 2024. Maybe we get one more, or maybe we finally get Akira and Ricky Champagne for that payoff for that open weight strap. Regardless, though, the storyline is heating up. And it's one of the funnest storylines to watch because the implosion of the calling was so slowly built and so perfectly built that you have to slow build Akira and Ricky. That's the only way to do it justice. You can't just jump into it. So I, I think having Akira interfere in this match and having the great contest that he had with Jimmy Lloyd, I think it only builds Ricky and Akira to be that holy shit moment for when that match does go down. And that match, you know, is going to be, it's not going to be a wrestling match. It's going to be an art form in violence it's gonna be a fight it's gonna be a fight it's gonna be a down dirty bloodbath and i'm all for it honestly and truly next match on the card was the featherweight champion that's right janai kai putting her featherweight strap on the line against the returning maki ito who came out singing her legitimate number one hit in japan uh her entrance theme that's right i'm taking a shot at becca and i don't give a fuck i'm leaving oh that's fine that's fine no problem i'll just push the other way so there we go guys so becca can't sing no okay come back in here stop being a baby maki ito singing her her legitimate number one song uh and makito and janai kai did exactly what they were supposed to do beat the living hell out of each other uh this was not a wrestling match this was a strike fest and when you call yourself the kick demon and you can put maki ito down with numerous amounts of kicks in different angles different directions different Janai Kai can bend her body in ways that a normal human being should not be able to bend their body. Uh, but you know what? Janai Kai did not win via kick. How did she win this one, Rob? She won it with the demon clutch via tap out. Made and, Maki uh... Ito tap and retained. Quite convincingly, this was actually the shortest match on the card. It wasn't without its entertainment and its drama. It's just Janai Kai is so damn powerful that somebody like Maki Ito, who's used to taking insurmountable amounts of punishment, could not handle the kick demon. And Selena was there, but did not need to interfere at all. Janai Kai looked like a well-oiled machine. And she is proving why she came in and was able to decimate the God Queen Delmi Exo and win that title first appearance. So, I mean, you, you got to give Janai Kai her due. The kick demon is firing on all cylinders right now. And this is a girl that needs more exposure, a girl that needs to be on TV more. And she's showing exactly why she is who she is so tip of the hat to janai kai uh i would say my mvp of the night for sure that was it was just fire 10 yeah. minutes in and out including entrances and she decimated makito i mean match. great match talk about you know maybe needing to strike a little harder this is a great example of two ladies who strike hard they went hard at each other it was entertaining it's, it was you know makito can't say enough good things about her janai kai is an she smiles as she is beating the living hell out of you. Yeah, it's a sick smile. That's that's scary, and uh, I would not want to be like. There's a few people in MLW just I would not want to be on the wrong side of like Jacob Fatu, Janai Kai. Just not people I would want to be, you know, on their bad side. Well, we're on the right side of Jacob Fatu because he real recognizes real. He was the one who helped us get that sponsorship. I, so Fatu, we are honorary Usos. I and I'm glad I'm not because because like I said. Just a lot of big, scary-looking people, but there's few people I would not want to tangle with, and that is Jacob Fatu. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say on the MLW roster right now, Jacob Fatu, Alex Kane, Alex Hammerstone, Janai Kai. I would even say, even though she's not a full-fledged member, I would say I put uh, 
Maki Ito up there for sure. I feel like I could talk my way out of things with with Alex Kano. I could probably crack some jokes, and he would you'd let me off the hook. No, you'd be going. I'd probably get you'd be going. You'd be going to Whole Island. I'd probably call <laughs> a melanin deficient hole, but I, I'd walk away. Absolutely, absolutely. You'd walk away with a smile on your face. I'd walk away with something. Yeah, probably you'd... some bruises. And you'd probably be in a wheelchair because your back would Maybe be broken. A concussion. Yeah, concussion. All right, guys, it's a main event time the indie god matt cardona with staff Delander goes one-on-one with alex kane and mr thomas this one was a barn burner alex kane cutting a promo on matt cardona pretty much saying he was just going to beat him down in his hometown and he did exactly that now this wasn't without its head scratcher moments twisted turns there was times where staff Delander was throwing chairs in to the ring the ref saw it didn't stop the fight, I guess, referee's discretion. But he let these guys go pretty freely with the weapons. Let them go pretty freely with the interferences. Steph Delander even at one point pulled the ref out of the ring as he was close to giving Alex Kane the three count and uh, stopped it. And he warned her one more time and she would be removed from the ring area. Mr. Thomas tried to get involved to help Alex and he was knocked down with the heavyweight championship twice. And I'll, I'll give you credit because you did call it before the match. That I did. Masked good brother number three might get involved. And sure enough, he did. He did. And he planted one on the ex-girlfriend of Mance Warner. Now that may cause some friction between Mance Warner and Masked good brother three. I mean, even though they are eerily similar. There might be a distant relation. Distant relation, yeah. And same outfit, the same hair, same nose. How do you see his hair? He's under a mask. No, no, his hair was poking out the back, dude. Well, he... the same, hair. Yeah, same shade. Why, why are you making allegations? <laughs> it's unsubstantiated, unsubstantiated allegations. But regardless, so many interferences. And finally, Steph Delander off the kiss scene around the world part two, because part one was at the last event. The kiss scene around the world part two, uh, she got speared. She got speared all kinds by Alex. Then Matt Cardona tried to hit Alex Kane with a chair. And all he did was piss off the captain of the Mumae Fight Club to the point where he was triple German suplexed. And then he was pretty much put in the fade to black. And he tapped. He didn't pass out. He tapped out. Like, oh, bitch. And then at one point, this was the greatest moment. The Mumae Fight Club came out to celebrate their captain's win, to which he called some of the junior members down to the ring area where they carried out Matt Cardona, and I quote the amazing Joe Dombrowski, like a wrestling martyr. They carried him away from the ring area. Alex Kane going on to celebrate, join with the crowd, cracking jokes with the crowd, saying that he's whooped everyone that's been put in front of him, and now he's ready for more work. He needs more work. He needs a new challenge. Well, what happens? The arena fades to black, lights turn back on, and there is the returning Richard Holiday. That's right. MLW once again is breathing in that rarefied air. Before we get into the Richard Holiday return, because there's more to unwrap there, let's talk the match. Rob, what did you think? Did this match live up to all the hype? Did Cardona deliver? Did Kane deliver? Did Steph Delander interference wise deliver? Did the kiss make you tear up a little bit about Mask Good Brother? What was your thought process on the entire uh, match? the match. I thought both guys played to their wrestling strengths. Mm-hmm. Cardona was a heat magnet in his hometown. Yeah, like even, even in his hometown. And I mean, Alex was being Alex. Neither of them had to compromise their style for this. There was enough twists and turns, but it was still a convincing finish. Uh, Cardona didn't look bad, but he did tap out and, and Alex came out on top. So 
the monstrous run of Alex Kane continues and Richard Holiday. Correct me if I'm wrong, though, before we get to Richard Holiday, isn't that not the third man in a row he's made tap out or pass out? Yeah. Tom Lawler passed out. Jacob Fatou passed out. Well, you, you Matt Cardona tapped. The mission is submission. submission. No, I'm aware of it. And uh, a lot of people were sent to Hawaii Island last night. A lot of people got to work at Suplex Island last night. Or tonight, I should say, rather, a few minutes ago. And, uh, yeah, let's talk Richard Holiday. So he comes out. He's eyeing down Alex Kane. Kane says, let's go now. Let's go now. And, of course, St. Laurent. Has to waddle his duck-filled fat ass out there one more time to say that he's still in control of the event. And he offers Richard Holiday a very good-looking WTF hat and a very lucrative contract deal for Kings of Coliseum main event January 6th in Philadelphia. And Richard Holiday, much to the crowd's booing, takes the hat, puts it on, and he is the newest member of WTF. Now, we know that him and Hammerstone technically have unfinished business, so there might be some hostility there, or... St. Laurent being the ever opportunist will find a way to smooth out the seas and get every one of the Titans to be on the same page. And there will be no dissension amongst the ranks, but time will tell on that. But Richard holiday returning was huge. Great to see him back in an MLW ring. Proud of that man. Everything he's overcome. And uh, WWE, the trial, we know you had it. Uh, WWE, I think you passed out, passed up on a great opportunity. Uh, Richard holiday is a star. And uh, I, I don't know if the right decision was made. Why would you go to WWE when you could be part of the WTF? Speaking of now WTF, then, what whatever. Happened? Speaking of the WTF, uh, they also had a hotline tonight where you can get all the news and information. All you had to pay, guys, was $99.99. That's right, per minute, per minute. So if you were on the WTF line for five minutes, you're going to get a phone bill for $500. Yeah. Guys, yeah, $500. So I don't know anybody that may be short on Christmas gifts, but if you called that hotline today, you're going to be definitely short on your Christmas fun, but it was worth it. I mean, you can get a Canadian weather report from Davey Boy Smith Jr. And, you know, the, the world we live in. You can get filthy with Tom Lawler. You can also sit down and sweet talk with Steph Delander. There was a lot of randomness on the content that apparently this phone number had and it was also a 1-900 number and we didn't call the number either we should have just seen what uh, it was it i'm not paying a hundred this is a work scheme. it is a work scheme. somebody's gonna call somebody called somebody definitely called striker tried to call but he, but he said the line was busy <laughs> so but honestly and truly the event was electric the crowd was hot the commentators were on fire saint laurent put together a hell of a show i will give the devil his due in that aspect and mlw ends their pay-per-view run in 2023 with a bang. Now we do have a couple more episodes. The final fusion is next Thursday. So keep it locked for that. And then of course there is Christmas rush on Christmas Eve. Rob and I will try to cover that, but also it's Christmas Eve. Want to spend some time with our families. So from us to you guys. Yeah, no, well, I do. I want to spend time with my family. I love, I love my wife and my children for sure. Um, But guys, from us to you have a safe and happy holiday season. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, all that good stuff. Whatever you celebrate, whatever you celebrate, enjoy it. We absolutely do. Hope you enjoy the family, the food, the fun, the love that is in the world in this month of December. And of course, guys, don't forget to come back. What December is, is, is the only month where a lot of people are usually jolly. Not so much myself, but a lot of other people. Everyone I know is broke in December. Yeah, that's also factual. Well, that go. is also factual. Yeah, hundred percent. I've been broke for a while. I have two kids. <laughs> I don't have two kids and I'm still broke. So 
That's 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 on you. That's on you. That's on Boomaye. No, it's definitely not on Boomaye. All right, guys. Peace, love, and wrestling. Again, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. All that good stuff. We will see you next week for Fusion. And then we will see you maybe for Christmas Rush. But if not, we'll see you in January as we go on to Kings of Coliseum January 6th. We'll stay locked and loaded for that. This has been the MLW Rewind. I am George McKay. This is Uncle Bob and B, baby. And as I always say, peace, love, and wrestling. Adios.